0: Hey, it's Bethany and Bethany, and this is the Kegel Chronicles podcast, the show where we talk about pelvic health, women's health, mom life, and
1: a lot about sex. It's definitely one of our favorite topics. You'll hear from us, two pelvic health experts and the owners of Arkansas Pelvic Health, and interviews with other powerful women and dudes that support us.
0: Hey, B. Blake. Hey, B. A. So it's our second episode, but our first real topic. So obviously we started with our favorite topic, sex, and B. A., why don't you tell them why we cover it? So
1: we are pelvic floor physical therapists and we deal with the muscles in all aspects of the body, but people don't realize that there are pelvic floor muscles that have so
0: much to do with this topic. So we're going to discuss dyspareunia, which is painful sex. So muscles are weird. You've probably had a calf cramp before, and it feels like you're getting stabbed, a charley horse. You've probably had tight neck muscles, and you get a headache. And the muscles of the pelvic floor can give us pain in a lot of varieties. And oftentimes, people feel it during sex.
1: Yes, it can be positional dependent. It can be the entire time. It just kind of depends. Lubrication may not even help. And so we're just going to discuss all things related to this.
0: So we could talk about this for months, honestly. So we're trying to give you a little snippet and I'm sure we'll continue the conversation, but let's start with just how many women experience pain during sex.
1: Three in four women experience pain with sex during their lifetime,
0: and I just feel like that's that's too much. Honestly, I think it's so much we've normalized it. It's kind of a joke. People act like women hate sex because it's painful or we kind of ignore it. I mean, haven't you heard in your life, it's not really for me, I just give it to him or he'll get it somewhere else. Yeah,
1: almost like it's a chore or a task because it's just something that they do. But we all know
0: that if a man had pain with sex, this would be treated completely differently. So, I mean, I feel like society in general is too comfortable with women's pain. Mm-hmm. There's actually some evidence about it. If a woman and a man present to the ER, the woman is treated after the man is, the, like the timing there. And oftentimes, women are given sedatives, whereas men are given pain medication. So just as a baseline, women's pain is kind of ignored, and we as a society kind of accept it, especially when it comes to pain during intercourse.
1: And I just feel like that's super unfortunate because it's created for two people most of the time, and it shouldn't be painful. It should be enjoyable at all times, So these women present to our office and they're like, yeah, I have pain with sex, but I just have dealt with it for 45 years. No lie, I had a patient 45 years. She was married, did not know that it was not supposed to be painful, but her husband passed away. She comes to my office and I just was so sad for her because it should have been enjoyable all that time and it wasn't.
0: Right. I mean, it's almost like a punishment at some point. So you could see why women would, you know, start shying away from sex. I've had probably the oldest patient that I've treated... She was like 86, I think, and she came to me for urinary incontinence, but because as we do, (laughs) we screen bowel, bladder, and sexual function, I was asking her about pain with sex, and she was like, well, yeah, but everyone has it, just the normal kind, and I was like, no, 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 not the normal kind, tell me more about that, and we... Realized that she'd been married 50 years and Mm. had pain with sex and they had sex pretty regularly a few times a week And it was always painful. So I was asking her questions about it and it got down to basically foreplay and lubrication and some muscle tightness there. And she was just mind blown that she had lived her entire life, her entire marriage having pain with sex, but no one told her. It's really sad because I feel like foreplay for a woman is so, so
1: important. You know, we, we talk about the vagina and the vulva being like an oven. We have to warm it up. You know, you have to do that preheat setting before you're ready to like bake something. So we need to transfer that to the bedroom and and help a woman out.
0: But, you know, I think that most people don't participate in foreplay or enough foreplay because no one taught them about it. How are you supposed to know? And now, most men, I'm sure that women view pornography too, but most men, Mm -hmm. their first sexual experience is porn. And in porn, it doesn't really portray actual sex in the way that it works. It's just immediate penetration and they weren't like, Oh, if I rub this, this works a little bit better. And so if you're not talking to, I mean your own kids about how sex works, you didn't educate them and then they go to have sex and the only knowledge they have is porn. What do we expect? Exactly.
1: Cause it's not like it's being taught in sex ed, like all from like the pleasure component all the way up through. No, it's like, Hey, hey, sex is bad, so you shouldn't do it. Like, I feel like we we are doing such an injustice to society by poor sex education. What What was your sex ed like? Listen, I'm pretty sure, no lie, and L'Oreal, will listen to this. I'm pretty sure I asked my mom at like age three, maybe four, <laughs> where babies came from. But that's just my personality. And I think at that point, she was like, ah! but my mom actually taught me, you know, like. A penis is a penis, a vagina is a vagina, they go together, but I definitely don't remember being taught about the orgasm.
0: So my parents gave me a pamphlet, which to be fair, I do learn by reading, (laughs) so maybe that was their easy way to educate me, and it was really basic. It covered periods, anatomy, basic sex, but my sex ed in school in Arkansas was abstinence based only, and honestly, they just showed us pictures of genitalia that had untreated STIs. (laughs) You're like, oh no, I'm not gonna have sex because I'm gonna have this. And they didn't. They like they didn't even cover that STIs could be treated like antibiotics, man. (laughs) And so it was just this fear. And you can imagine if you're so scared to do something, you know what that is going to end up being when you inevitably have sex.
1: I don't even remember being taught in school. If I was, it might have been in like tenth grade health class. Yeah, like I don't ninth grade health for me. I don't. I feel like we have to do better than that because nowadays,
0: by tenth grade, people have already had
1: sex oh, a few times. People were, like, there was
0: a pregnant girl in my sex ed class. Like, people were already having sex, but we, their parents didn't talk to them about them, so right. they didn't even know how to have safe sex. Right. And what we know now, through years of research, is that abstinence-based teaching only. So the the practice of not having sex until you're married. If you only teach that way and you shame, guilt, and scare people. It's actually leading to more sex partners. Right. Earlier sex partners mm-hmm. and more teen pregnancies. So kind of the opposite of the right. goals of abstinence. Because people
1: teaching. are too people are too curious. People if we're gonna be like sex is bad, don't do it and just leave it there and not teach the all encompassing education behind sex, then people are gonna be like, Well, well, maybe I should try it out to see
0: versus like, this is what to expect, blah, 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 blah. And then people are like, oh, okay, thanks. Just full education. And honestly, the teaching of with the right person at the right time. Right. And for a lot of people, that means during um, or when you get married. But that doesn't mean that for everyone. But if we could at least educate fully, I'm talking... You know, STIs, getting tested in between partners, how to practice safe sex, Mm -hmm. the good, the bad, the ugly, the pleasure. Lubrication. Yeah, just the basics of it. It actually decreases teen pregnancies, Mm -hmm. decreases the number of sex partners, and extends the age of the first time people have sex. So it's all the goals of abstinence. Right. Without trying to scare people away from it. Right. We've just done such a poor job over the years, so... And that was just in public schools. I think we'll save this for another podcast, oh, but purity yes. culture too, oh, man. Oh, snap. Because, you know, our parents maybe taught us, maybe, because not everyone's dead. Right. School taught us, but then there was what the church taught us. I'm going to save that, because I could go on got to save it, that's, a whole, that episode, for like, years, that's a whole
1: different episode. For years, That's a whole different episode so let's go back to like actual dyspareunia and why people end up in our clinic so dyspareunia pain with
0: insertion right so the superficial layer of the pelvic floor well go back to muscles right it's muscles in the pelvic floor so you don't necessarily see the muscles but you don't anywhere in your body like you don't see your actual biceps you see the skin and the fat over it same in the pelvic floor. It's skin, fat, hair, over muscles. Right. So, like,
1: directly under your labia, there's a muscle called the bulbocavernosis. Um, your sit bone has one that attaches to your perineal body, which is the body of tissue between your vagina and your anus. That's called your superficial transverse perineal. And then there's an cavernosus that kind of lines your pubic bone. So, the superficial layer the responsibility of those muscles is to open and close the actual vagina. So we need to back up in the fact of like the vagina is the actual canal. The introitus is what we call the opening. The vagina is the actual canal.
0: And the the outside is the vulva. Yes, the vulva.
1: So let's get, we just have a quick little anatomy lesson so we know what we're talking about. So then there's the clitoris, the all-encompassing clitoris the pleasure organ the pleasure organ that is not just a little beam or a little ball it actually has like two huge bulbs that come off of it that people don't even know about it they think it's just a little ball well we didn't discover
0: it until 2005 2005 yeah then I mean, we discovered the clitoris before then but not the full clitoris the full anatomy of it until 2005 like 2005 we were in high school
1: and the clitoris is being discovered how sad is that the
0: man's penis was discovered a long time ago that's super annoying well there's even evidence too about how many more um pages of anatomy book are dedicated to the penis versus the vagina and vulva for sure
1: what was it gray's anatomy didn't post like until i mean the what was the lady's name who found it in 2005 i'll have to look it back up i
0: don't know but bless her heart bless her soul So um, when we're talking about pain, Bethan just kind of named a lot of those muscles. She's super smart if you can't tell, but if you just think of those as muscles there, muscles um, in the pelvic floor are just like muscles anywhere else in the body. They contract and they relax. So if you're thinking about your arm, which is easier to visualize, if you squeeze it all the way up, it's contracted. When the muscles of the pelvic floor are squeezed and contracted like that, it helps keep pee in. It help keep it helps keep poop in, but it could also block things out. Right. Tampons, penises. Right. A sex toy, a speculum for a gyn exam. So that it really is kind of a gatekeeper. Those oh, yeah. superficial layers, if they're contracted, they could also be all the way relaxed right. and not squeezed very well, which sometimes leads to leakage or incontinence. Or an inability to fill during intercourse. Right. And
1: and the great part about our job is we get to help with all of the aspects of what B Blake just talked about. Thanks for telling me I'm smart.
0: That's really yeah, that's really so kind. <laughs> Be Blake way smarter. <laughs> so um You know, when when we're talking about pain with intercourse, muscles are a huge contributor. There are other reasons, and one thing that I love about how we built our business is that we've really built a team of medical professionals. We know that the vulva, the vagina, sex, it's not all in our field. So we love working with our MD colleagues to kind of rule out other things that might be contributing. Is it hormonal? Mm -hmm. Is it an infection? Is it fibroids? Mm-hmm. Is it something like that that we don't deal with? But then if it's muscles, they come to us. Yeah. And having also a
1: therapist in our toolbox that like specializes in trauma because that is such a key to our practice, because what people don't understand is if someone has gone through a traumatic experience, uh, rather it be sexual abuse, a traumatic gynecologic exam, anything like that, or a traumatic first sexual experience, the muscles remember that. There's a great great book called The Body Keeps a Score, and it just talks about how our body is a it's just it protects us at all times, and so when we experience a traumatic experience like that, the muscles respond, kind of like how people's traps hold tension. The pelvic floor does the same way. So it's like you can't wear a tampon because your your body has been through something. We've got to teach your body safety and how to relax those muscles.
0: Right. I like to explain it to people that our bodies are really cool and that they'll always protect us. So yes. A basic thing its like a minor car accident and people get whiplash. All their neck muscles try to tighten up and protect their spine. And muscles of the pelvic floor do the same. They're just trying to tighten and protect us. So if they remembered an experience, even Mm -hmm. if you didn't, sometimes sexual assault or um, trauma happens before someone has their memory fully developed. Their muscles aren't allowing that to happen again. So, I mean, even more basic than that, if I'm cooking, like with an iron skillet, And I reach for it and it's super hot and I burn my hand. The next time I reach for it, I'm a little bit more cautious. And so when you have people that have experienced trauma in the form of really, you know, sexual assault Mm -hmm. or in the form of, you know, more basic, they fell and injured their tailbone or a bike accident or something like that, your body's still remembering that and trying to protect you. And it's going to approach everything cautiously. Right. So then when you're in a situation where you love and trust your partner and you want to have consensual intercourse, your body's like, hold Hold up up. The last time something was around this area, it kind of hurt. So it's it's tightening up to protect.
1: So teaching an all-encompassing method on how to handle this and having a great team of medical professionals on our side has been... A key asset to our practice and to patients going through the healing process.
0: Right. And I would say I like the protective mechanisms, but sometimes it's like that overprotective big brother. You're like, hey, I'm consenting. I want to have sex, and it's not allowing it. And other times it's just, I feel like that tight muscles alone can contribute to the pain oh, it's like for a different sure. it's trying to protect you but then they're tight it's like a spasm and then it contributes to more pain it's kind of a downward spiral yeah
1: or even weak muscles if they're holding you up because the pelvic floor is like the the center of the body, essentially. That's where Foundation. the pelvis is. And so if they're weakened and they're trying to hold your body up all day long, then you try to have sex. It's like a spasm that happens because the muscle is just overtired.
0: Right. So that's tight muscles. And then we also have pain with intercourse that has to do with positionally. People could have some back pain in certain positions make that worse. Right. Um, you could have pain with intercourse because of prolapse and kind right. of hitting an organ that doesn't like to be poked. Yeah. Yeah. You're saying organs don't want to be jabbed? What? Probably not. Probably I'm gonna gonna not. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no also. But there's just this persistent, like, underlying message of shame, guilt mm-hmm. when people talk about sex anyway, especially pain with sex. I feel like, you know, we know from surveys that three out of four women have pain with intercourse, but how many of those women tell their doctor? And I would dare to say, not many, right. because they actually think it's normal.
1: I also think more people are going to tell us, because they're in our office one to two hours a week alone with us as PTs, they're more likely to tell us than they are their physician. So when we go back and just say to their physician, like, they actually have pain with sex, can we have some of this cream or whatever we need, Um, they're more likely to tell somebody they get to spend more
0: than, like, five, ten minutes with. Right. Oh, I mean, there's white coat syndrome, too, right? Like, you go for something, and then you're like, oh, I forgot to ask him. I'm not going back. I'm not going back. (laughs) So, I mean, I... I think some women think it's normal so they don't tell their doctor. Right. And other women that do, unfortunately, some doctors kind of shame them too. Yes. Or kind of act like it's normal. Or
1: drink some wine. Yeah. Oh. So annoying. Don't tell anybody to drink wine just to get
0: rid of pain. No, that's not gonna do anything. Basically going back to what we said earlier, women's pain is ignoring their offered sedatives. I mean that's what alcohol so true. does, right? so but okay. not saying you can't drink before sex
1: you do you that's fine but don't drink just to avoid pain that's not what we want you to do. right
0: be. so i feel like though a lot of doctors actually were taught that in medical school we've had that verified 100 percent. so they were told kind of help them relax with
1: wine and lubricant yes and i think a lot of people don't know that lubricant lubricant i feel like it has a bad rap also and i'm like no, lubricant is actually a great asset to your sexual experience. Right. It's kind of shamed, too. Yeah. Which it shouldn't be. There's some really, really great lubes that We're really have to help do a people. whole other, a episode whole on new lubes. episode. <laughs>
0: lubricant. It's coming at you. Throw some vibration Oops. in there too. Oh, I love me some vibration. This is some good stuff. So there was a article published in 2020 called "Painful Sex in the Bible Belt South." Ooh, it's getting deep there, B Blake. So kind of going back to that shame and guilt, we almost think it's normal. We'll just try to relax ourselves or just give it to them or Mm -hmm. they'll get it somewhere else. We posted about this article back when it was first published because I was fascinated by it and because it kind of leads into why so many people have pain with sex, especially in the Bible about South. And what they came up with in the study was a misdiagnosis and dismissal, right? Mm. So kind of like, yeah, a lot of women have pain. Even, and what we'll say as pelvic floor therapists is we don't even think the first time should be painful, the first no, time you have No, absolutely not. So kind of, and a misdiagnosis too, right? Oh, you're just anxious about it. Drink some wine and lubricate. Right. right? And then that, that, let's see, individualized strategies for coping with chronic dyspareunia, basically avoiding an alcohol. So that's kind of leading into that pain cycle and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Sex miseducation, which is kind of what we talked about, that's right? Always. Just... Not I mean, not the all encompassing sex that that we actually really need. It's well, just you like taught this basically is... sex is bad, 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 but then all of a sudden when you're about to get married, it's like, Oh, it's so good. It's <laughs> meant for a marriage. There's a whole yes, book about it. Yeah. There's a whole book about it. And and I
1: don't I don't shame my um uh, my educators at all because I know that they did the best that they could with the knowledge that they had. I mean, hey, two thousand five the clitoris was, you know, found. So I feel like that there weren't things that there wasn't knowledge um, in that forefront of their minds to tell us because it wasn't
0: started yet. So we, when we first put that article up and kind of our thoughts on it on our Instagram, which is the same title as this podcast, by the way, the Kegel Chronicles, we had so many people inboxing us mm-hmm. and then we shared their quotes anonymously too. And I'm going to pull them up so I can share some of them. There were some really good things
1: said. I I love our Instagram and the fact it's, it's real life, but it's also informative Our TikTok is more fun but also informative. Just a plug for our little social media
0: right there where Abby Blake pulls up all of these articles. Okay, so some of these quotes that people sent us were this. Growing up, always hearing that sex should be saved for marriage translated to sex is bad. I remember crying in the bathroom on my honeymoon because it was painful and it wasn't this fun enjoyable experience between a husband and wife who loved each other very much. And then here's another. It's sad to me. What a missed opportunity to teach girls and women about how amazing and good and normal their bodies are. Instead of feeling the gift, it feels like a burden. Trying to undo 29 years of teaching isn't easy, but hopefully possible.
1: That's really hard. I also feel like what we see as a society comes from Hollywood as well. So, in movies,
0: like sex is portrayed, but that's not at all what it actually is. Right. Here's another. It can be very isolating and very shameful. You definitely feel like you're doing something wrong as a woman and a partner.
1: And that's so sad because sex was created to be so fun, but yet we being taught that it's so bad all the time growing up, then we're like, flip that switch. Your body has to like, okay, now you're married. You can do it.
0: Yeah. Listen to this one. We never covered sex ed in school, and our parents never talked about it other than that's for you to know when you're married. And, of course, the youth group talks were like, no, no, no. And my favorite was the chewed gum metaphor. Oh, heavens. We'll go into the metaphors in a second. Stop
1: it. Stop Um, it.
0: So I didn't learn what sex was until college. It made me so afraid. Then fast forward to adulthood, dealing with extreme vaginismus and my first OBGYN to say, Mm. you may not like it, but your future husband is going to enjoy it. It's just a part of life. You'll have to drink wine and take some muscle relaxers. And you
1: know what I say to that comment? Find a freaking new doctor. Yeah. People
0: forget you're in a marketplace for healthcare, right? So if you're not getting what you need, find a new one. And I love doctors. I love the Central Arkansas doctors and the connections that we've made. But truly, some haven't learned anything else from what they've learned in medical school. Because you're continuing ed. They maybe chose different topics. But there are things you can do about pain for sex now besides wine and lubricant, including pelvic floor physical therapy.
1: And I love what we do. I, um, I started in peds for about six months, and I was like, deuces, can't do this. But pelvic floor is so rewarding in the fact you can literally change somebody's life so quickly by changing their whole sexual experience and how they view their body and how they view sex and all,
0: all of the things that's around it. I mean, it affects, sex affects a lot. It affects yes. how people feel about themselves and it can affect relationships too.
1: I It is hardcore the the biggest stressor in a relationship, I, I would say, for people, so much so that I've had couples come in, and I think husbands can handle it differently. I think some are very patient and loving, and some are like, well, I don't understand. Something's wrong with her.
0: Right. And then you also have the ones that come in and seem patient-loving, and then when the partner comes back alone, they're like, yeah, he was faking that whole time. Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard, but sex is... In ADL, that's what we call it in physical therapy. Mm-hmm. Activity of daily living. It's something that, you know, most people do, not necessarily daily as part of their <laughs> daily living, but something that people do that's a normal part of life. And you should be able to do that without pain. One hundred percent.
1: And and enjoy it and achieve that orgasm in that experience that I feel like people don't even know what an orgasm actually is and they because well, it wasn't 30, they're like thirty know. it's crazy i i feel like people are like what's an orgasm and like have i ever had one you you should know if you've mm-hmm. had an orgasm so i think that's a whole nother podcast also be like The next
0: one. The next one. Pelvic floor and orgasm? straight up. All right, let's do it. Okay, well, that was I don't know a lot. Yeah, (laughs) in one. (laughs) Um, and we will probably dive into details different times in each of those little topics. But what we're here to say is pain with sex. is not normal it doesn't have to be your normal Mm -hmm. and there is help with it
1: we would love to help you and i think if it, even if you aren't in our area getting on pelvicrehab.com or a site like that to find a pelvic pt near you to help you with this so you don't have to live your life having pain with sex forever
0: and we put a lot of tips on our tiktok instagram etc and you you're going to hear a lot through here it's one of our main topics it's one of our favorite things to treat so we'll go we'll circle back and back and back with more details but basically we think women's pain is ignored too much especially during sex and we're here to crush that crush it all right
1: signing off until next time where we discuss the orgasm send us all your burning questions we would love to address them